Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And I want to thank our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. Patrick, I want you to, well, someone you already have yeah, met, met, but welcome to the studio, Dan Farrick. Dan, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Dan yeah. is the um, one of the people involved in the, the new Impact Hub downtown Santa Barbara on State Street. When yeah. I say one of, it's, it's one of those that takes a village. It right. does take a village. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I want to thank you. Off, uh, people don't necessarily listen to the shows in order or at any given time, so it mm -hmm. might be a year from now when they listen to this. Oh, that's fine. I'm sure it'll change a lot by then. But you were a sponsor of the recent TEDx Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. and it was an opportunity for us because we both have the same strategic marketing group that works with us, mm -hmm. uh, say oi, mm -hmm. uh, and... Say, say what? Say oi. In, say in, oi. In Australia, they go oi, oi, oi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the name of her company, okay. uh, Pia Dora, who we're going to get on the show uh, here pretty quickly, actually. Oh, she said, we've got to get the Impact Hub involved because it's just so aligned with mm -hmm. what we're doing with TED and TEDx. And so that was a fantastic uh, event, right? Oh, looking back, it was pretty incredible. And, and just the logistics of it being a couple blocks away where we can walk right. back and forth um, to where the theater was having the live events and then simulcasting over to the impact hub and then of course the after party was a blowout um, that was fun huh? so fun oh my gosh we had 300 people stuff. there and yeah. lots of uh, we had artisanal foods brought from all over and uh and you had only you've only been open what eight or nine weeks something uh, like that yeah, today. If that. <laughs> <laughs> so by then, you know, back then it was probably about six weeks. So tell people what the Impact Hub is. Um, what is the Impact Hub? Yeah. The Impact Hub, um, it's complex because there's, there's a lot of uh, layers to it. But the, the biggest layer is that we're a collaborative workspace. So we provide um, affordable office situations for startups, entrepreneurs, uh, impactful companies, uh, mature companies, anybody who wants to get out of the brick and mortars business and make a lot of connections. For example, when I say that, um, I noticed in 2008 when there was a dip in the economy that a lot of big office spaces started subleasing their space right. uh, and downsizing because you know there's conference rooms sitting there that are never used and large offices that people barely use because you know a lot of people are ro rolling around, you know, when they're working, sure. they're out and about doing stuff. So our model represents an idea that why do you need all this space when we could provide you with either an office, a membership, or a desk, um, and then we provide all the amenities, like the really nice conference rooms, the uh, handlebar espresso, right. the coffee, the fruit water, the iced tea, the events, the networking. Um, there's been a lot of stuff happening now where the great thing is to stand back and, and watch people interact there and mm, see all the connections mm, that mm, people are making inside mm. of that space. Uh, and then we, we do events, you know, people can rent that thing out for an event like the TEDx. Right. Um, and we have educational topics and speakers. Last night we had a first Thursday with Colin Finlay, who's a renowned um, impact photographer and artist. And he did his spiel, and we have his art up right now in the Impact Hub, and people are more than, you know, we walk through to take a look. It's pretty amazing stuff. So I, I love that. So Impact Hub is Santa Barbara is part of a larger global network, That's right? That's right, yeah. There's, there's approximately 80 of them worldwide. Uh, the concept was started in Europe, in London, but now the mothership oh. is in Austria. And oh. the cool thing about Impact Hubs is... Um, they're working on this passport program, which is going live, where if you work in one, say you're traveling, th there's 12 in the, in the North America. There's also several throughout Europe and South America and Indonesia and Africa. 
if you're working, if you're traveling, pop into an impact hub, you're a member somewhere else, go work for the day for free, and then you know discounted rates from there on. So, so it's a global also, community. And yeah. it's also going to bring people then to Santa Barbara's Impact Hub, right? Absolutely. Like, right. We've already had people rolling oh, through really? from other, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, just stopping in. They know what an impact hub is. Sure, being sure. somewhere else. So they hear that it's here and they want to see it and and they know how cool it is. You you said so the a couple of the, the breaking the words down. So I like the hub part mm-hmm. of it. I like that it's right on State Street. You've got a storefront which you don't normally see, right? Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara's so retail oriented and right. you know, a tourist oriented. So it's so that's interesting. It's there. And it's easy to get to. It's easy parking, so it's going to be great for events. Mm-hmm. And I've already noticed, um, having the newsletter, uh, that there's always there's always something happening there. So it becomes a hub of activity. Mm-hmm. But I want to focus on the word impact because you said impactful companies, and I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm going to have a guess what that means. What does that mean to you? It could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. But um, sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> um, the way we think of it is any new business or startup has an impact in the community or the environment or the world. Um, well, they can have. They or, can or have. They're, they're or cognizant have, of it. Or, you know, or you could have negative impacts, right? right. But, but, but the word impact is, is honing in on something that is going to affect, let's call it a ripple effect, the people around you, the communities around you, the world around you. And is that to part be of your selection of that, criteria? You know, um, at this point, we're pretty open. Um, I think the community is going to evolve uh, to what it naturally is going to be. So we, we like to put the word out there and, and let people think what it means for them. Um, for example, one of our first tenants who signed a year in advance is um, Boma Investments. They, they invest in businesses all over the world, um, water systems, in India, mm. uh, you know, <clears throat> things like that. We had the Alios Foundation looking. They were going to be a tenant, but he had to uh, go somewhere else. But he still comes in. And Jim Villanueva, you know, they do impact investing all over the world. Um, we have a guy, Rodney, who works uh, for a company called Aqua Viable. So his his impactful machine is this... Uh, uh, <laughs> See how I can explain it. It takes water. It takes condensation from the air and turns it into water. Huh. Yeah. So um, having the word impact in our business model, I believe, attracts people to that word and to that model. We'll see how it evolves over time. So it's it's interesting if people – I know at the TEDx a, a lot of people had not – seen that kind of place Mm -hmm. like what's a co-working place like like Mm -hmm. what is what do you mean i could just rent this desk like that's a new concept for a lot of people there it is a new concept but it's not a new concept in the world or in bigger cities uh for example i moved here three a little over three years ago from boulder colorado right right and there's 12 to 15 of these in a city that's the same size as santa Mm -hmm. barbara i just think so when I when I first came here and saw that it wasn't an impact hub, or you know, there, so you there's saw a an few, opportunity. There's an opportunity mm-hmm. because p- not only are we a place to work, it's a place to create community, and right. and a place um, for community to feel held and represented. Uh, we we see people now that I'm getting quotes all the time because we're supporting them. Uh, we have mentorship programs. Right. People that are in there. <clears throat> are getting unbelievable support. You know, Paul Orfala, who founded Ginkgo's, is in there every Monday at 2 o'clock. So as a, as a member, you get to sit and talk with him? Yeah, or on or several of, other of our mentors. You know, Joel Heath from Fluid Stance came in. Mm. We have Dave Spaulding, um, Sky Gilbar, uh, Mike Panisis. I might be missing a few. Mike drives up? Mike drives up. Nice. Yeah, he comes every once in a while. And, nice. Um and then we're going to have many more. You know, we think it's important to have mentorship programs for young entrepreneurs and startups. Are they mostly young people or do you have a variety of age we ranges? We have a large variety of ages. I think Why do you think that is? I think that is is because young people can learn from older people and older people want to be around young energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I think it is. I don't know. Now, I know downstairs you have it set up 
there's it's a bit of a lab environment where yeah. you've got some equipment down mm-hmm. there. Are you, are you starting to see some people come there because of that? Uh, you know, that's a slow process, and that's in the works. Uh, Eric Sanchez is working on that. We have a company called Laratech. Uh, they make circuit boards, salad boards, and they're huh. they're located in the Westlake area. And they wanted to have um, they wanted to have a they wanted to be in Santa Barbara. So what they did is they rented an office. They're also sponsoring part of the lab, and then they de- donated the workbench, which has oh. microscope and soldering. And then eventually, there's going to be classes on hardware. Um, we have 3D printers down there now. Uh, one of the members brought it in. So we're trying little things to, Eric's going to have an open house on October 1st, uh, 2016, to get a lot of the partners, Aero Electronics being one, right. Tech, Microchip. Right. Um, what do they call it, Breadworks? Uh, there's a few others that he's working on um, to build out this lab over time. Are you starting to see the um, the people kind of using each other's services or working with one another, or is it just heads down? No, that's that's exactly what's happening. Um, whether it's using services or bouncing ideas off of each other, it's very collaborative. Uh, just having, <laughs> if you're ever in there for lunch around our community kitchen table, you should hear some of the conversations that are just, you know, happening. People are bouncing ideas off each other left and right. Well, that's one of the uh, things I know. I mean, having been an entrepreneur my whole life and in the startup world here in Santa Barbara Mm -hmm. uh, and getting the questions, you know, where's the, I think they would say the hub, where's the area where people hang out? When you go in San Francisco, you know, it's in Soma. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to go into those cafes and you're going to find that Mm -hmm. kind of vibe. And now people are creating that kind of thing. So that's what's happening, yeah? That's that's what I believe is now, happening. Tell me about the front of the space. There's a mm-hmm. restaurant or mm-hmm. space for a restaurant. What are you doing? Yeah, How does so that fit in? It's obviously in the permitting process, but it's it's a separate entity from the Impact Hub. Uh, a guy named Drew Cuddy, who is a wine expert, is opening a place called Satellite. And what he's going to do is focus on wines and, and, and craft beers, but also have prepared food. He's talking to several food vendor partners because we're not going to have a kitchen with smells and grease traps and all that. We don't want to oh. affect the membership like that. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have prepared foods. We're going to have <laughs> beer and wine. I just I had this uh, vision of Impact Hub. It's like, yeah. oh, where's where's your office? Oh, it's uh, it's, it's behind, in the restaurant. It's behind a restaurant. <laughs> it's behind a kitchen. And it's uh, it's like, no, that's clearly not what it is. It's uh, right. Yeah. A friend of mine had a had a business above the hamburger. There you habit. go. Yeah. 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 He probably <laughs> smelled like grease every day. <laughs> yeah, <it's> pretty much. <laughs> Pretty I want to, you in the backyard, I just saw, we walked by there the yeah. other day and you guys have installed a backyard and my wife, landscape architect, or, uh, architect was very interested in your deployment of artificial turf in such a nice way. Yeah. Um, well, the turf's down? Turf's down. Uh, we think it's, it's a smart way to, yeah. you know, when it's just asphalt, it's very hot. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like so a, this, a box back there. Yeah, yeah it gives it a nice, um, nice feeling when you're walking on it. And we're gonna put some furniture out there, and we brought out some wireless internet. I was gonna say, does the Wi-Fi get out there? We got a WAP uh, yeah. installed a couple days ago. Uh, we're putting some couches, um, pizza oven. You know, oh, just you know the usual <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the usual, usual stuff. Yeah. We want to make it a fun place that also, it's it's easy to work. In the back, people like to work outside and get some sunshine, but also we can rent the the back for events. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a one stop shop. Well, it it feels like um, you know th- when we look at the ambiance of a software startup, mm-hmm. right? You look at the Googles and Yahoos mm-hmm. and even Wayfront here in Santa Barbara. There's mm-hmm. a vibe when you go and you know you're at this tech company and yeah. they've got there's games and there's a kitchen and mm-hmm. there, there's just all those amenities to be able to keep the people there. Yeah. That's part of it. And the fact that they're working 12 yeah, we, hours a day. Exactly. Right? We wanted to create an environment that people are comfortable and feel at home in, uh, that it's not a sterile working environment, that it's, it has a, an appeal to the eye, but it's also the energy that we're creating there is somewhere where you want to be. And, and and it summed it up last night when I was walking around at the um, first Thursday and this lady came up to me and she's like, this looks like something that would be in Europe. Hmm. You know, we're starting <sighs> to see that yeah. in Santa Barbara, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the new businesses and the the design 
it looks like something to be right out of Europe. And we're like, well, thank you. You know, I'll take that as a compliment. Sure. <laughs> sure. You know. Now, are there events every night and are they open to the public? They're not every night. Um, if if you go on our website, which is uh, impacthubsb.com, there's an events page and you can track that. Uh, some events are open to the public. Some are just members only. Um, but we also have a low-level membership called a Connect membership, which is $40 a month that connects you to all those events if you want to be if – you, if you don't want to work out of there, you just want to go to the events and right. you work out of there one, one time right. a month just to experience that we have a membership like that for anybody out there. So – Tell me about Impact Hub as a, as a business. I mean, you're a business guy, right? So yeah. you came to Santa Barbara. Well, you were a gaucho, right? I was a gaucho. And yeah. you did you, you came from the Big Island of Hawaii. Were you born in Hawaii? No, I was born in uh, Northern California, but I did go to UCSB. Um, and then I traveled around a lot after college. I, uh, I actually read a book called The Peaceful Warrior. And the Peaceful Warrior. The Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman, and that kind of set me off on a different path in life. Uh, um, instead of interviewing, I was going to take a job at, I think it was called Anderson Consulting, an accounting yep. firm. Yep. Uh, instead of that, I moved out of my apartment, moved into a van with my brother. And then after As graduation, we <laughs> sold t-shirts across the country. I love it. Then I stuck a backpack on and traveled around the world for quite a bit and ended up in the Big Island of Hawaii. Lived there for a couple years, would work really hard. Save money and go on three-month ventures, you know, through mm. Southeast Asia, Nepal, India, uh, Mexico, New Zealand, stuff like that. And so, then why Santa Barbara? Because Why did we come back to Santa yeah. Barbara? Oh, uh, so I was living in Boulder, Colorado for approximately 12 years. I got married there, had my first kid. And my wife, Kara, uh, you know, had been working at Core Power Yoga for eight, nine years and was offered an opportunity to move to Santa Barbara, take equity in the franchise here with her business partner, Brandon Cox, who was also a founding member of the Impact Hub. Uh, so we all it. came out together uh, from Boulder in 2013. And for those who are not in the area, those buildings are literally next door to one another. That's right. So there's a lot, of, I see a lot of people coming in at three o'clock in the afternoon sweating. <laughs> and I immediately tag them, like, you were just it. next door doing a hot power fusion, weren't you? And yep, I get the head nod, they go right to the water and drink some water. So the cool thing about being next door to that is we have a, a little agreement, you know, corporate rate. Um, there's locker rooms, there's showers, so people can, if you're stressed at work, go take a yoga class, take a nice shower, come back to work, you know, hop, skip and jump away. I love that. Yeah. So is it is it a good business? Because I know there's what, nine or 10 incubator-like mm -hmm. places in the region now? I mean, there were none, but mm -hmm. then, and there was one that kind of floundered for years, but now there seems to be an upsurge in this. Yeah, and what I can say is that I don't have the hysteri hys hysterical. <laughs> That's funny. You're still a startup, so you can yeah, be hysterical. We're, st we're still a startup, so I don't have historical evidence on um, money rolling in yet. All I have is eight weeks under our belt, but I right. can say that before we opened the doors, all the offices were spoken for. There's 16 huh. private. Huh. Um, and now we're just currently growing membership and selling events and conference space to bump that revenue up. So that being said, um, I'm hoping, and I, th I have a good feeling about October. We started in the perfect time of year, which was uh, beginning of July because it's very slow in Santa Barbara. So we've been working out our kinks and getting oh, our soft IT, open, right. soft opening, getting it to a, a you know getting our staff used to what's going on there, getting right. the systems implemented. Because um, what I believe is going to happen is October, November, December is when we could just get rocking and rolling. So we have to be ready for that. Uh, memberships growing every day, which is nice too. One of the things I've noticed in the incubators. And would you say incubator, co-working space, what, if you were to pick one of those, what would you say? I would say collaborative working space. Collaborative working yeah. space. Um, and, you know, collaborative meaning that, I mean, how do you define co-working co is a large open space where people can drop in as a member. But we also, you know, we're not very quiet. We have people talking and creating business ideas and, and we're... Uh, we're creating events that people are interested in about business. Uh, this week, John Greathouse spoke, you know, and there's 54 people um, learning about the startup community in Santa Barbara. Our, our event 
our event series started when we first opened our doors with Jason Spivak packing the house with sure. over 200 people. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, so, and we've had several, and we have several more on the books going forward. We even had an event, um, the Women's Entrepreneurial Panel, before we were open. We didn't even have restrooms or electricity, and there was over 100 people that showed up and said, "We love this space." I know. This is before know. it was built out. Yeah. So maybe there's just a vibe about the space. Maybe there's just this. Uh, it has a great open feel, a great energy to it. Yeah. Um, and we've dressed it up a little bit, and now we're taking advantage of that energy. So one of the things, um, both north and south of here, there are strong relationships with universities, mm. right? The, mm -hmm. the collaborative working spaces. Mm -hmm. There's they're almost like post grad school. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. That you can take a business class mm -hmm. and graduate and then you go into one of these incubators for a couple of years and then you you pop out of that yeah. do you have relationships with schools locally or well, is that on your radar yeah we, we've been talking um uh, we've been talking to people let's okay. just put it that well, way that's fine you know, that's fine in, in santa ucsb and then also mike Penises, who has uh, his own Hub 101 in Westlake Village yep. is connected with well, Cal Lutheran. Which is a sponsor of the show. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mike is very uh, close with us. Um, Mike's also one of our investors. Okay. I'm okay saying that. <laughs> and um, That's probably public. Yeah. And then also um, Paul Orfla, uh, our biggest investor, has a lot, of, um, a lot of connections, especially with San Luis Obispo. Yep. So we're starting those conversations. So with the hot house up there with Judy and yeah, yeah. So the hot house, those the, that crew came and visited our site already, right. and you know, we think there's some kind of collaboration in the future. Well, that's that that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. You know, with the 805 Connect project, mm -hmm. which was how do we connect these three mm -hmm. counties in meaningful ways, and where people feel like they're the Lone Rangers in these silos yeah. working, and yeah, you know. Judy didn't know, you know, these folks and these folks, mm -hmm. you know, people just didn't know one another. And, right. and, you know, it's still a hike to get up there or to go down south. It's going you know, to spend time in the freeway. But having, like, for instance, shared speakers mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, someone was really great at our, our event. Let's bring that person yeah. up and down and, yeah. and kind of share the wealth. And, and then there's things like fast pitches mm -hmm. and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff that helps the overall ecosystem. Yeah, we have, you know, our long-term goal is to connect at least the counties and more because every impact hub we open, um, members can use those impact. Say you're, say we have one in San Luis Obispo one day or up in Westlake and it's an impact hub and you're a member of Santa Barbara and you're driving to LA and you want to roll off the freeway in Westlake because you don't want to sit in traffic and go get some work done at our impact hub or uh, vice versa, if you're going north, you know, the same concept, you know, let's connect these all together. Also, maybe we can we can do some events where we're live streaming it like we did TEDx, you right. know, to right. all the hubs uh, so that you don't have to drive down and, and, and be at the event live. You can come to your local hub and see a streamed version of it. So that leads into the, educa the educational part of it because some, some of these ventures are kind of pure real estate plays, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're gonna build a box, and a little box is inside, and we rent those out, and that's that's the model, yeah. right? That's how it works. Sure. Um, and with yours, there's there's probably a format that you get from the hub, which helps, right? And they there's there's a bit of a playbook, is that fair to say? There, There's some help, let's put it that way, but um, you know, they just con Global Hub contacted me because I did the real estate deal on this one as right. well. Um, so they had some questions because I, I believe that the real estate deal makes or breaks your business. You got to lock in for a long time at a at a rate that fits your business model. Because what what I've seen kill businesses is say you have a shorter term lease, and the market hikes, and then all of a sudden the landlord has the tenant over a barrel with rent escalations. You've seen mm -hmm. it. I mean, I, I read it, you know, just the other day on a NewsHawk article, a guy, a, a barber who's been yeah. in town. Members only barbers is going away. Did his, you, you didn't read no. this? His no. rent tripled, right? Yeah, his, uh, they, tripled. they bought the or whole, something. they bought the whole block 
essentially an investment group bought the whole block and they said that everybody on the block has been paying under under market value for a while and so you know this this icon quote unquote market value right right this this icon of of um, the of, of the fabric of Santa Barbara um, has is, is being moved out because because the the rent hike was was big enough that it was it was in you know it inhibited his his ability to make a profit um, and they did that on purpose it feels like it feels mm-hmm. very much like that and and it's a, it's a tragedy because that's you know like you're saying about like what's the what's the point like what's the big benefit of working in Santa Barbara it's these it's these you know really uh, fun little unique places that you you bump into on accident and the barbershop's gone so yeah so th- that being my point that if if we're gonna invest yeah. so much in the infrastructure right, up front right. we need to have a long-term safety net yeah. of knowing what our long-term rent is going to be knowing what, that our renewal options are capped at a certain rate remove some of those surprises yeah 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 so we're we're pretty much locked in for 20 years same with core power yoga we did the same thing because we we put a lot of money up front on the build out to make it a special place where people want to be we can't afford in five six years um, to have a surprise rent increase that boots us out of our space after we've already put in the infrastructure. So is is that an ethos that you pass on to these young entrepreneurs when they're, because that's probably not something they're thinking about. I mean, they're just thinking you know, about, I'm, hey, I'm renting a disc. <laughs> I'm not yeah, thinking a 20-year yeah. plan here. The point of the matter for us is to get these young you know, entrepreneurs in the space that's affordable for them. It's a, you know, we're not locking them into anything. They're on a month to month. Right, exactly. Because we don't want to, we don't want to hold them um, hostage either. We want them to grow. And then if they grow with us and maybe they move up to an office or take two offices or we find another location that's bigger, um, you know, we're in it for the long-term relationship. So, um there's no point in locking people in to a model like this. You know, our office leases originally, um, or I won't even call it, it's not even a lease, it's a membership, uh, or six months, you know, just so that we can start our business model. But we're not afraid of people leaving because now the market's there and we have a waiting list and people are willing to pay more than what we nice. started with nice. and all that kind of stuff. Um, is uh, I, I think I read somewhere where the Impact Hub, you, as a member, you, kind of dialed into a worldwide venture market. Is that correct? I mean, that there, were, there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of in, uh, ties to investors through that global hub. That, you know, that ta- that's going to take a little more exploration. Right now, the global aspect of the hub for me personally, and Diana, who's my partner on this, is pushed aside for a little bit until we get this up and running. I mean, we went to the global convention in Seattle and it was, you know, to be honest with you, a little overwhelming and exciting Mm -hmm. all at the same time Mm -hmm. to watch Mm -hmm. 80 hubs come together and all the ideas and stuff, you know, being cooked up on an island for three days with people from all over the world. So cool. Um, But then coming back to Santa Barbara and getting this business off the ground. So right now where my head's at is think local, get it up and running, uh, at the same time, slowly but surely introduce all this globalness into our spot. It, it, it makes me think of TEDx because mm-hmm. we went to the TEDx summit yeah. earlier this year and there was 400 or there was a thousand TEDsters, but yeah. 400 of us organizers there. Yeah. And you're meeting people from all over the world and, and it's all, TED's all about ideas, That's right? right? But then, you know, they people say, well, when's your event? And we're like, uh, in 10 weeks. And what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And you, because you, your summit was, you were open a, right in the middle of your opening, it was wasn't the, it? It was the worst timing ever. It was uh, literally the first week of us being open. But we felt, right. Diana and I felt it very important to one, get involved with the global community of the Impact Hub and see what it's all about. Because, yep. you know, we have our idea of what we want to do. But just being learning by osmosis, I'll call it, being in this environment where people have been doing this a long time, what mentorship is that? Right, you know, exactly. I mean, we're sitting exactly. around a campfire right. talking right. to people about their hubs and their ideas and their businesses. What are the, did you hear any horror stories? Did you hear any, like, like, like. Oh, there's all kinds of horror stories. <laughs> well, let's, let's, hear, let's hear the one that, that scared you the most that, that's, that's been I mean, giving you, you know, keeping you, know, you up at night. It's a compilation of just people freaking out about 
holy crap, I just jumped into this, you know, business that I have no idea how to run. Mm. So I felt a little better that, um, and that's just a wide, you know, idea, but going into this, it's, there's so much you don't know Mm. before you're doing this. Mm. And there's so much that happens as soon as you open your doors that you have no idea. And you just have to run with it as you go and fix problems as they come up and solve them and, and things like that. Um, I think it's, it's different for every individual. So yes, there's stories of hubs folding and not Mm. being able to make it and being in grossly debt and having to expand and can't expand and um, can't pay their bills and you know the list goes on and on and on um, however you got to dial it down to the individual management of that particular business and who's who your team is right right so it's a it's a you it's, it's similar to Ted again where you've got the name yeah and the format but, but then everything else it's independently organized and Absolutely. It's all up to the team that you've built and we had a chance to work with um, I think we were six weeks planning with you and, you know, we had our volunteers and then your ha- you had your crew that was yeah. new, but they were also experienced event people, right? Mm-hmm. They've been, they, you know, the, uh, the woman who runs Robin, Robin who yeah. runs uh, Solstice and mm-hmm. has run a bunch of other things. So we had kind of had the A team on it. So that first effort came out pretty great. Exactly. And, and you know, the whole, it, what I appreciate about working with you is that we kind of, you know, everybody knows what they're doing, but everybody doesn't know what they're doing at the same right. time. And we right. just kind of right. laugh and have fun with it and roll right. with the punches. Right. Oh, you need a screen. Okay, we'll get a screen, you know, right. <laughs> you know, uh, we just make it happen. We put our heads down and you, you got a bunch of good, solid people together and you just know what to do to make it happen. And you, you know, create an experience for the people that are, that's pleasant. And that's, that's what you do. Right. That's what you want. And, and, Let's shift a little bit. Tell me more about the peaceful warrior, because I'm oh. I'm really interested in those inflection points in life yeah. where it was uh-huh. a book, or it was a person, or it was a mentor. Yeah, it sounds like for you it was this book. It was a great book at the time of my life when I needed it the most. I think. Um, don't see the movie because the movie is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> okay. But the book so was phenomenal. So in a phenomenal. sentence, in a sentence, yeah. in a sentence, what it did was um, it opened my. Um, my eyes to that your life and your reality can um, can be formulated by you. And you could jump off of, you could take a risk in life and everything's gonna be okay. Um, that your life is not predetermined to go to school, graduate, get a job, get married, have kids, stick on this one path that um, society kind of lays out for you when you're a younger person. Um, you know, the 2.2 kids and the- white picket fence and all that. Yeah. And I do have two kids now, but I started a lot later in life. I got to, in my twenties, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, uh, stuck behind a desk. I was out seeing the world with hardly any money, but having well, the time of my life. Well, you're doing these three month walkabouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three month, the first time I went to Thailand, I think I survived off the between five and $10 a day. It was my budget. And that, that was everything. That was housing, food, transportation. We had a conversation earlier with someone who said that uh, these young entrepreneurs aren't getting out enough. So mm-hmm. they, they want to, you know, have a global impact. They want to scale. Mm-hmm. They want to do that. But it's not until you get out there mm. that you can't really do that from your phone. And right. Patrick was saying, but I can get on Google Maps and I can see that street in India. Yeah. But it's, what's it's, the value? You know, it, you're it, talking to a guy that I never had a computer or a cell phone until I was 30. Okay. So, you know, one of the things I see nowadays is, you know, looking at 20-something-year-olds running around glued to their phone right. and their computer, which is cool. I mean, the, the information is unbelievable, you know, today versus, you know, when I was rolling around. Sure. However, it's not necessarily always the truth, one. And two, I believe that actually experiencing things and traveling and rolling around and talking to new people and, and diving into different cultures is where you gain the most knowledge. I mean, there's, there's two different kinds of knowledge. There's one of actual experience and there's one of 
yeah, you can read and regurgitate a lot of information and no facts or supposed facts yep. from the internet. What do they call it? Street smarts? Street smarts. Street smarts is going out there and taking risks and um, putting yourself in interesting situations, I'll call it. So, and I'm, 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 I love this idea because I've always I've just been fortunate enough to travel through work, not mm -hmm. just vacation travel, but, yeah. and I would always bookend it with a couple of days before and a couple of mm -hmm. days after always. So yeah. I could go and roam and my background is as a chef. So my thing was always yeah. food markets and things like that. So I, there was yeah. something I was looking for, but if, and I, I think about the semester at sea program, mm -hmm. or I think about the kids go and travel in Europe after, you know, whatever, before they come back into the real world. Yeah. And then I worked with a guy who he said he always be planning your next vacation. Like that was his philosophy in life. And he's yeah. very, very, very successful here in town. And he would spend, he spent two weeks every quarter for as long as I know him. He still does yeah. that now traveling someplace and learning something new. That's amazing. So, so how do you coach one of your young businesses that are there to that how important that is it's tricky um because i understand that they're they're deep into their own path with what they're doing with right. their business right um and i don't i'm not the kind of guy that's going to go up to you and say you should be doing this or should be doing that <laughs> but if somebody comes up and asks me how i feel i will tell them the truth um and say it's okay if you just quit everything you're doing and disappear for a year and go travel. You know why? Because life is short. You're going to look back one day and all those trips and vacations and, and experiences you had, you'll never, ever, ever regret those. Where you have regret later on in life as you look back, um, relationships with people that are close to you that have gone astray, that you haven't mended, and working too much mm -hmm. you can always always work and make money um, but when you're young and you're in your 20s and and you're not tied down you're not in a relationship you don't have kids and you're free you don't you know you don't always have that right opportunity right. so take advantage of it you know i i did so i can speak for that um and you're it really not that old well. so it wasn't that long ago that you were yeah doing that, right? well i mean it's a different life when you, as you know, when you, you know. Well, I mean, out. that's how I came to Santa Barbara. I was living in the San Fernando Valley and I was cooking and I got fired. Mm -hmm. And I was like. Which is a blessing in disguise. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, call, call me when you want to work nights. <laughs> yeah. And uh, got in the car and drove north. There and you go. moved here on Fiesta Weekend 43 years ago. And you stayed. Yeah, it's stayed. And been working every day yeah. since. But that was, and, and I, I don't know, I an entrepreneur, you know, in my DNA. So I don't know that everybody has that. Mm -hmm. Let's just drop and go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, one of our speakers at TEDx and someone who's been on this show, uh, Traver Bohm, mm -hmm. has spent a year. He, he was influenced by this book, which is what if you found out today you have one year to live? Yeah, what do you do? And so he he did that and he mm -hmm. came back and gave us a kind of a report card of that. Yeah. And he was the closing speaker mm. and just, uh, I've got chills thinking about it now because mm -hmm. he left it all on the stage. He came yeah. back and collapsed uh, behind, I mean, just sat down and just, he gave it everything because yeah. it means so much to him what he's doing mm -hmm. where he's, he said, I lost everything in my life. Yeah. So now, but I didn't lose my life. So right. he went and spent 29 days in the dark, in a dark retreat in Guatemala where the room he was in was as big as the Ted Circle. Mm. And so have him tell that story of what it was like to face his fear, face his pain, face those things. So, and he's doing it at an age, he's mid-30s, I think. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to profoundly affect everything in the rest of his life. Totally. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's nice to have in his situation and mine and I'm sure several, to figure stuff like that out younger right, is, right. A, is another blessing uh, because, you know, it, it's hard times sometimes. Um, but facing that adversity or facing those inner demons um, and learning to speak your truth 
and to move forward, you know, to, to follow your intuition, I think is a big one to always know. I think everybody, everybody knows down deep inside if you're doing the right thing that mm-hmm. aligns with what, how you feel and, and what you want to be doing, or if there's something a little bit off. But not everybody knows how to, how to move forward with the right thing. You know, they're, they're okay with that little uncomfortable nagging feeling So let's, let's go down that for just a yeah. second. So <clears throat> someone's listened this whole time and said, mm-hmm. okay, now we've got to the nub of that. Yeah. And they're feeling a little maybe not aligned, mm-hmm. perfectly aligned. Yeah. What, are the, what do they do with that? I mean, how, how do they be honest with themselves without, I mean. It's an individual not, journey. I mean, you have to be okay with, one, people judging you for, why did you quit your job? You had everything. You know, you had, you're making all this money. You have this house. You have, you know, the, the perfect life. But if that person didn't feel that that was their perfect life and they quit to do something that they want to pursue and that they're passionate about, Boy, that's going to make a big difference. Down so let's the road. see if we can find a three in this. So mm-hmm. that first one is: is it a fearlessness or a, is it courage? I think it's courage. You think it's courage? Yeah, to face that and to actually act upon it. What else? What other <clears throat> core skill would or trait do you think they really need? Um, that they have, they've just got to waken it up. Oh, man, it's, I, I always go back to intuition. You know, so um, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, it, know it's going to be okay. You know, hey, I'm going to quit my job. Guess what? You're not going to die from quitting your job. Right. <laughs> There's other <clears throat> stuff out there to do. You know, um, and another thing, going back to being young, try a bunch of different jobs. You know, it was one of my so one diverse, of the diverse, di- diversify yourself so that you have all the skill. Look, for example, part of working at the Impact Hub now is. I based a lot upon my work being a bartender and a waiter for years, uh, service industry. You know how to talk to people. You know how to talk to people. You know how to take care of stuff. You're not afraid of cleaning up dishes. You're not afraid of making somebody a coffee. You know that service is is very, very important to making people feel comfortable in that space. Now, had you thought that hospitality was a great precursor to being a real estate developer? Oh, my God. It was unbelievable because when I first started in the only reason I got into real estate <laughs> was because I was um, I was in Boulder I was working as a wine uh, wine bar bartender and I was supposed to go to Nicaragua to plant trees for the Peace Corps um, so I was a month away from being deployed uh, I was gonna go to this little village um, that you had to walk I think a mile each way into once the bus dropped you off and a month before that, I was playing basketball like I did all the time, and I was taking it to the hole hard, and I blew out my knee. Oh, man. <clears throat> and so I blew out my knee. Um, you know, I tried really hard to uh, contact the Peace Corps and say, it's all, nothing's, nothing to see here, folks. It's all, all right. good. But when they found out that I had an ACL replacement, uh, they took that away. I couldn't, I couldn't go. And... That was one of those times that we were talking about earlier that it was a huge disappointment because I had, you know, I had this plan on going. You were set. I was set. I wanted to do this thing. Um, life happens. Things get in your way. And I'm sitting there going, not being able to work, going into debt, mm-hmm. saying, boy, I need to find another kind of job that if I hurt myself physically, I can still make some money. So I got my real estate license and the rest is history. And then so, but I mean, it's a long process. I still had to bartend for full time for two, three years while I'm developing my other business. People asked me how being a chef helped me in software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like those two things. How did you go from one yeah. to the other? And as a chef, I've got to juggle 12 different things right. that all have to end at the same time, yeah. right, for dinner. Mm-hmm. And in computer animation, which is what I went into, yeah. I had to, you had multiple processes going on at their own lifespan that all had to end at the same time when the yeah. movie came out, right? So yeah. you, you had to do that. And same, same, but different. I think the hospitality part of that is, is that every business is a people business. That's right. And your you people don't and learn your customers it. are the number one thing. Doesn't matter. That makes your business run. right. And I don't think that's any stronger or more 
drilled into you than in the hospitality industry. That's right. Right. And it's just like, bam, that's it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And I know as when I was just I was still a software guy, but they go, why are you guys so different than everyone else? And mm -hmm. I said, because it's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's about you. And if, yeah. you know, if the bacon's not right or you didn't order bacon, I heard you say bacon. Yeah. But no, I show up with bacon. I didn't want bacon. Okay, guess what? You're right. I'll fix it. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> fix it, right? Go go make it right. Yeah. Do you have a um, do you have a quote or a, a hidden hashtag or a t-shirt that you wear all the time, figuratively, that's got a slogan that kind of guides you through life? Yeah, it's kind of a personal one, but I'm I'm okay to Will share. Will you share? Yeah, yeah. So my um uh, my grandparents are both Holocaust survivors, the Auschwitz oh, survivors and wow. uh um, my grandpa, 90% of their family were killed in the war, but they, they survived and came to this country and started with, with nothing. Everything was taken. And he had a ring um, that basically the translation was, this too shall pass. Hmm. And that's what kept him going. And I think that's a pretty important quote, this too shall pass, because uh, whatever's happening in life, in the world, um, there's a lot of injustices. We all know that. And um, humanity's coming to this point where I think that people are starting to be more aware of it, whether they like it or not. It's in your face all the time. And that quote, this too shall pass, just keeps me strong for myself mm, and my family mm, and my mm. community that whatever's happening at this moment, we all have the power to wait it out or to change our our paths to make it better for ourselves and our community around us i love that if that's something that's interesting to you listener uh go and listen to the episode with dr joan rosenberg about emotional mastery hmm. she talks about them her whole life is around identifying them as 90 second waves hmm. that happen to you Mm -hmm. It's an anxiety wave. It's an insecurity wave. It's yeah. whatever. But it's only 90 seconds long. Yeah. So and as soon as you said this too shall pass, I've learned since working with, with her, it's like, okay, just ride that bad boy. Ride it. And then no, you know, it might come in swells of yeah. three. <laughs> you know, I may get that. And okay, that's fine. It'll go. It'll come and go. That that you get from maturity and wisdom yeah. and having ridden a few waves and though. living in Hawaii I, I remember when, <laughs> there's nothing better than uh, if you're having a bad day guess what you get you just go to the ocean jump yep. in it yep. and you come out of the water and magically every single problem that was in your head just disappeared yep yep having just spent 10 days in on Maui mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean and yep. I did I'm not a yoga guy but I did yoga in the mornings uh -huh. Was, yeah. we'll get you into yoga yeah I know they <laughs> you, you and several other people yeah. I know want to get me there Dan, thank you so much. Oh, this is a great conversation. Yeah, it was fun. So um, every conversation we think of is like a story, a 45-minute story, mm -hmm. where we got to learn more about each other. Yeah. What's the title of this story? Just do it, baby. Just do it, baby. Okay. <laughs> or some variation of that. I, I, I That speaks to that piece about courage that you had. I mean... You're a just do it. I mean, for someone to get up and say, I'm going to go for three months. Mm. I've had a dream. I've wanted, I've wanted um, f four houses. That's a big dream. Like four houses. Like live in Santa Barbara for the best three months of the year. Live in Sydney for the best three months of the year. Live in Tokyo or somewhere outside of you know, Tokyo for three months. And then live somewhere in the East Coast. You know, just like find the best place to go live. I still haven't figured out. You'll how to do that out. in my life. You'll but, figure it out. But it's, it's, it's on the list. Courage, trust yourself, and then have a diversity of experiences. I love that. That's a huge one. And how do people find you guys? ImpactHubSB.com. Oh, yeah. ImpactHubSB.com. And if they're interested in yoga, Core Power Yoga? Yeah, Core Power Yoga. There's several other yoga places in town as well. I, yeah. I like to open that up to the community that there's not just one choice. There's a lot of choices. So, so if you want a diversity of yoga experiences. diversity yoga. There's, you know, Yoga Soup, Divinity, Power of Your Own, uh, Yasa. I'm going to guess you, you know, know them all. <laughs> uh, you know, um, not so much me, but my, my wife tries to get out there sure. and know everybody. Um, because we're in that business, it's, it's you know, look, 
everybody's going to gravitate to where they're comfortable and where they want to go. So I don't feel there's competition. You know, it's just just do your thing, and whoever wants to do your thing will do your thing with you. Or, right wherever they want to go. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. And, and Thank thanks you. again for being a big partner with TEDx. Oh, it was, it was our pleasure. It's, it was such well, a blast. It's, we're just getting started, What dude, a kickoff. So. What a yeah, kickoff right. to we're, the Impact Hub as well. That brought a lot of people to the space who had never seen it and realized that, wow, you could throw an incredible party there. <laughs> See, there you go. That's, that's how we do it. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. The 805 Connect Project and 805 Conversations, now going into our second year, is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. Uh, I, just, I just met with the Cal Lutheran guys and talked to them about the first year and their experience and what it's like you know, going into our second year, what they'd yeah. like to get done, and they're excited about that. Patrick, how could someone help us right now, though, who's just listening to this for the first time? It could not be easier to help support this uh, this podcast and any fine podcast that you believe in. Rate, write, and review. I know uh, we say it all the time. I yep. know, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast. Those subscriptions, uh, those reviews, those stars that you throw at us um, seem uh, simple and insignificant, a simple tap of your finger, and yet uh, they mean loads to us, and they allow us to leverage our position as a content provider, yep. and that means that better and higher quality content will come to you uh, with that kind of support. It's free to you to do. It costs you nothing. I'm talking to you, Mom. Just do it right now. <laughs> you can hear me. And then you never you never know what's going to get delivered. Like this last week, we delivered uh, a great, as someone who's actually working at the Hub, um, coffee with a black guy. Oh, yeah, yeah he's James. great. Yeah. James, James is great. fantastic. And uh, that show, once it got released, just got hit like crazy. Not I told yeah. James. I told yeah. James, I'm like, get ready to ride the wave, man. You just, you're, you're tapping into something at the right time, at yeah. the right place, the right conversation. Exactly. And that's what we like to do here at 805 yeah. Conversations. Uh, I would love to hear from you personally. So if you've met someone fascinating you think we should talk to, send me a note, mark at 805connect.com. I'd love to uh, meet you. I'd love to hear your idea. We've had many people just introduce and say, I'm the fascinating person. You should talk to me. And guess what? They get on the show. So if you want to be on the show, send me a note. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.